0: your noontime look at the financial world what's trending in chicago business the midday numbers john has the wind trust business lunch now money, 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 money.
1: Money's on my mind. well john is off today but that's all right it's wendy snyder here and the wind trust business lunch will continue without john All right, have you heard um, such names as Klarna or Affirm? Uh, Talking about buying something now and paying for it later, Ted Rossman joins us, Bankrate Senior Analyst. Hi, Ted, how are you?
2: Hi there, doing well. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. So is this like the old-time layaway that uh, we used to hear about when I was growing up? Is this the same type of thing?
2: It is. Yeah. Some people even call it reverse layaway. It's definitely a new twist on that concept. It almost reminds me of an infomercial in some respects. And I I think that's where we can get into trouble. You know, you kind of trick yourself by, oh, it's not a $200 purchase anymore. It's just four easy payments of 50 bucks. Before you know it, maybe you've overdone it.
1: Absolutely. And the difference, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because there are companies, Affirm, Klarna, Afterpay. In the old days, I'm just remembering like a Corvettes or Zaire, you would put something on layaway and you wouldn't get the item until you had paid it off. This is different, correct? You're getting the item and then you're just paying it off, kind of like a credit card thing.
2: That's right. Yeah, it is an alternative to a credit card. So You could also think of it kind of like a debit card with financing privileges. You do get the item right away. I think the appeal for a lot of people is that it's easy to get, for one, and it's immediate, but also there's built-in light at the end of the tunnel. So it's not like credit card minimum payments that could drag on forever and ever. Some people view this as more responsible debt, but I would still advise you to remember that it is debt. You still need to pay it back, of course, Personally, I think the best approach is to use a credit card like a debit card, meaning that you pay in full, you avoid those high credit card rates, but you take advantage of credit card superior rewards programs and buyer protections.
1: Can is it possible that you pay off a credit card too much or too frequently? Because um, uh, my son has a credit card. He's pretty new to the credit card thing. And he pays it off like every week he'll send them some. He's trying to build a credit rating. I guess that's not a bad thing, right?
2: I actually think it's smart to make frequent credit card payments. That's actually one of my top tips for people looking to stay on budget and improve their credit score. I often pay my cards every week or every two It helps avoid overspending, but the other thing it does is it keeps your credit utilization ratio low, which is a good thing in the credit scoring world. What a lot of people don't realize is that credit utilization, credit you're using divided by credit available to you, it's typically reported on the statement date. So even if you pay in full and avoid interest, we love that part, you still might have a high utilization ratio if you use that card a lot. So that's where a good tip is to pay it down periodically throughout the month. It's actually one of the quickest ways to improve your credit score.
1: And so speaking of credit score, how do these buy now, pay later plans work with that? Do do they help your credit score? Is it reported? Good
2: question. It's largely been outside the credit reporting world, which is definitely a pain point for some. Other people actually like the fact that you don't necessarily need great credit to get one of these plans. They usually do a minimal soft credit check. But using these plans responsibly won't typically improve your score. If you fall really far behind and you go to collections, it could hurt you. But for better or for worse, most of these plans are not currently reporting to credit bureaus. That's in the process of changing. It's just been kind of a square peg round hole kind of thing because Buy now, pay later, by definition, a lot of people are frequently opening and closing these short-term loans. It's often for interest-free payments over six weeks. The traditional credit models don't really know what to do with that because it would be a really bad idea, for example, to open a new credit card every six weeks. They, They don't like too much recent application activity. And then the other thing is how do you deal with the whole utilization piece? For buy now, pay later, it's often approved for a certain purchase. So are you kind of maxing out your credit line and then paying it down over the next few weeks? They haven't really figured out a great solution yet.
1: Bottom line on this, Ted, your thoughts for buy now, pay later?
2: Proceed cautiously. I worry that this could be a slippery slope to overspending. Honestly, this common model of four interest repayments over six weeks, it doesn't even buy you that much time. I would prefer to just use a credit card and pay it off right away if you can. Some of the longer plans might make sense, like a firm has a deal with Peloton where you could pay as little as about 4.99% over multiple years for one of their bikes. I mean, that's well below market rates. It is still interest, though, on top of a hefty discretionary purchase. So even the longer-term plans have their pitfalls, I would say. Just be careful.
1: Great. Ted Rossman, bank rate senior analyst. Thank you so much. Have a great holiday.
2: Of course. Thank you. Happy holidays.
1: <laughs> uh, that's uh, Ted Rossman. You can go to bankrate.com. And now let's take a look at the weather and the markets with Bob Kessler.
2: We are seeing the market still up in the green here. The Dow has gained 97. That's one quarter of 1%, 37,179. S&P 500's up 17, about one third of 1%, 47,15. Nasdaq's up 84, a little more than one half of 1%, 14,862. The forecast from the Permasile Weather Center, cloudy today. We might see showers later on, high in the low 40s. Cloudy tonight, a 50% chance of showers, low 39. Cloudy tomorrow with a 90% chance for rain. Tomorrow's high in the mid 40s.
3: Westbound on I-80, a bit slow between U.S. 30 and Chicago, all due to some construction going on. Otherwise, uh, the Edens, no problems there. The Kennedy, only 25 minutes to the airport, clear inbound. Eisenhower's in pretty good shape, some minor outbound delays approaching Austin. Stevenson is clear, along with the Dan Ryan and Deer Park. Still have an accident eastbound Long Grove, just west of Rand Road. And westbound I-90 at Arlington Heights, watch for an accident off to the side. Mary Vandeville, on Traffic Central.
4: Savor the flavors of the world with a night out at the Matrix Room Restaurant
1: in Meg's Lounge in Naperville. You and a guest can be treated to craft cocktails and a three-course wine paired dinner. Enter to win at wgnradio.com contests
0: If you can't get a good night's sleep, let me ask you, are you breathing well? Because if you're snoring or waking up each night with a stuffed-up nose or frustrated with your CPAP mask, the root of your sleep problem lies in your breathing triangle. And if any one of those passages isn't working, you won't sleep well. And there's no mattress, pill, or other gimmick that can fix that. I'm Dr. Muthin Candula. A recipe for a good night's sleep starts with an open airway. Now, there are devices that can help solve snoring or sleep apnea problems. If you walk into a sleep center, know you'll walk out with a CPAP. And you might find other options elsewhere. But the simple truth is, if your nose doesn't work properly, no device will help. Only at Advent will you find every effective snoring and sleep apnea solution, along with a world-class team that can get your nose working properly again.
3: Go to
1: AdventNose.com to schedule your appointment, because Advent knows when you breathe well,
0: you live better. AdventNose.com 75 years with Chicago's very own. Holy cow. WGN-TV at 75. The anniversary special Christmas Day at 3 on WGN-TV.
1: Hey, business owners, as the weather gets colder, have you thought about adding a winter vestibule to your storefront or restaurant? You want to keep your patrons happy and comfortable inside your building, right? Well, a winter vestibule from the Thatcher Oaks, uh, from Thatcher Oaks, will prevent unnecessary drafts. Have you ever been to a Portillo's? Those are all Thatcher Oaks winter vestibules. How about Fat Rosie's or Sean Patrick's Salon and LaGrange? I've been there. Those are also Thatcher Oaks winter vestibules. A temporary vestibule is the perfect solution for your drafty building, restaurant, store, or office. And yes, it's the, the same Thatcher Oaks company you've been hearing about. They can also install a new fabric or aluminum awning that will enhance your curb appeal while adding colorful advertising for your business. For 40 years, Thatcher Oaks has been helping shopping malls, storefronts, hospitals, schools, and restaurants with awnings, those winter vestibules I was speaking about, outdoor seating, fencing, signage, retractable awnings, and more. Call 630-833-5700, 630-833-5700, or you can visit ThatcherOaks.com. It's Wendy Snyder sitting in for John Williams. Today, we're in the middle of the Win Trust Business Lunch, and we go live now to senior writer from CNET, Bree Fowler. Hi, Bree. Hi. Great to be with you. All right. I've been hearing about uh, Apple watches being pulled from the shelves. What's going on with these Apple watches? And if we have one that's being pulled, do we need to return it?
4: No, you don't need to take your watch back. But Apple is going to, unless something happens very soon, stop selling its latest Apple Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2 watches um, today uh, on their website. Uh, the deadline apparently is about 3 o'clock Eastern time um, and, you know, unless uh, federal officials take, a, take action and, you know, later they'll also pull them from sale in their physical stores.
1: Okay, now what's the deal? What, what's going on here? Why are they pulling them? I'm
4: sorry, well, I don't all, know this. <laughs> no, it's okay. This all stems from a patent dispute. Actually, um, there, uh, federal. Or, I'm sorry. The International Trade Commission said in October that Massimo, which is a medical technology company that sells to hospitals, that Apple's blood oxygen sensor actually infringes on Massimo's intellectual property. So this is basically a, a patent dispute, and since it's been ruled that they're infringing they can't be making money off of products that use those um, aspects of technology.
1: Wait, so Apple's stealing from someone else. That is weird. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> that,
4: that, that That's what Massimo is arguing right. that this is their tech and they had it first. And you know, that they're, they're due some money as a result. And, the ITC has, has ruled in their favor. Now, you know, really? things could happen. The Biden administration could actually get involved and veto the ban, but they haven't really said one way or another what they plan to do.
1: Well, it depends if uh, President Biden wants to get Apple Watches for his family members
4: <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you need one, I would uh, definitely be, be looking for those in stores this week. There, there might be a supply issue pretty soon.
1: That is interesting. All right. um, So here's another thing in the news. I love CNET.com, by the way. Um, Oh, yes. I'm a fan of Bridget Carey. I I deal with her a lot. I like her a lot. Uh, The Federal Trade Commission is proposing sweeping changes to this law regulating how online companies can advertise to kids. Explain this a little bit.
4: Well, there is federal legislation that dates back decades, actually. It's called the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. And this gives the FTC the ability to regulate how kids' kids' data is used online and by companies. And, you know, originally this dated back to way before the Internet. So it's been updated a few times. And the latest updates would, would really... Take action against companies that, you know, a lot of people worry are, you know, abusing children's data and taking advantage of them. It would require them to turn off targeted ads for kids under 13 and limit push notifications that get sent to kids. Um, you know, a lot of people are worried these days that, that kids are just spending too much time online and that they're giving up way too much of their personal information.
1: My boys are in their 20s, their early 20s, and thank God they are, because if I had a little kid now with everything going on, I mean, I used to give them my iPhone all the time and say, whatever, do whatever you want, but now you can't do that with
4: little kids. No, and you know what? I have a teenage daughter, and that's worse. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
1: you're right.
4: My, my kids are 14 and 9. They are always online, and you know they talk about parents being involved and using parental controls, but let me tell you, it is very hard because kids are very tech savvy. They are very much into social media. And, you know, as much as you can put technological, you know, guardrails and things in place, nothing is foolproof.
1: Yeah, God, I didn't
4: even think about that.
1: All right. And uh, what's going on over at Rite Aid? They've been using facial recognition technology? Yeah, a lot of
4: stores, retailers, you know, places like that have put facial recognition in place for a variety of reasons. They're not always telling customers that these systems are in place either. And Rite Aid got into trouble with, uh, with the FTC because their surveillance was used to, you know, attempt to identify potential shoplifters. The problem was is it the FTC says it didn't work very well and was especially, unfairly targeting people of color, women, uh, things like that. Yeah. Um, and you know Right Aid, of course does not agree with this, but it reached a, a settlement that will make it so it cannot use facial recognition for five years.
1: Interesting. What else is uh, coming up um, on the pike for the new year, technologically-wise? I love technology. I am in the market for a new iPhone because I have an 11 Pro that I need to update. And you know what? I actually, maybe you know about this, Bree, maybe you Mm -hmm. don't, but there are, I'm not going to mention any brand names or anything, but there are phone company representatives that are inside various stores. And they offer you a better deal than actually going to the phone carrier store
4: themselves. Are these legit? You know, I I don't question their legitimacy as retailers. I mean, I, I went to Costco this morning and I did see yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. But, um, you know, whether these are really any different is, you know, you really as a consumer need to like crunch the numbers and make sure that the deal is actually a deal. I mean, once you factor in fees and, you know, sign-up charges, who knows what, I'm guessing it kind of comes out the same. But, you know, this time of year is is a good time to upgrade if you see, you know, cheaper devices out there post-holiday season. You know, sometimes we see drops in prices on some models. Uh, For Android people, you know, there will be new Samsung phones February, March, so, you know. I definitely would wait to buy one of those iPhones. We know they don't come out until pumpkin spice latte season. So <laughs> you can have to wait a while to get the next uh, newest and greatest and latest from them.
1: Well, I'm still working on an 11, so I think it's time for me to, <laughs> to move up. Um, and so any technological things that we have to look at for the new year? Because uh, I love technology, as I mentioned.
4: Well, I mean, AI, that's that's the buzzword. That's yeah. the thing. It, everything is AI. I have a kid's robot that is AI powered that I still need to kind of put together and play with. Um, AI is in everything, whether it's, you know, the chatbots we use to book flights or, you know, just, you know, us playing around with chat GPT. Um, it, it's interesting to see how this touches everything now. Um, my My teenage daughter, her you know, ethics policy that she got when she started high school this year said you may not use AI to to write your essays and things like that. So um, it'll it'll be really interesting to see where this goes in the next year.
1: That is pretty interesting because, boy, I'm <laughs> sorry if I had that available to me when I was in school, I would have definitely used it. Even though I signed the waiver, I would I would still do it because it can do anything for you.
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, back in the day, all we had were cliff notes. We thought that was oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Totally. The easy way to cheat. Yeah. And now you can you can ask it anything, but the problem with AI is that it's not fact-based. So you may not be getting answers that are even close to right sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to play with that though and ask it if you're not using it for real life things, but <laughs> It's going to be around for a while. We better get used to it. Well, thank you so much, Brie Fowler. Good luck with those teenagers, and uh, have a great Christmas. Thanks. You too. Hello there. It's Wendy Snyder. I'm sitting in for John Williams today here on the Wintrust Business Lunch. 312-981-7200 is the number to call. And we go to our next guest right now. Certified Trust and Fiduciary Advisor, Chris Carroza. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. I uh, was talking to Terry Savage the other day, and I learned uh, what fiduciary means. And it's basically that you have your client's best interest in mind, more so than your own. Is that what fiduciary means? That is correct. (laughs) See, I pay attention because I'm kind of scared of Terry Savage, if you want to know the truth. So when she talks, I definitely listen. Um, I am not very great at saving. I will um, tell you that. I'll be completely honest with you, Chris. And I do have kids. I didn't save very much for them. My mom didn't save very much for me. Is that something that is a learned thing?
5: I think it's learned once a parent does it for a child, that child will eventually discover the benefits of it and then want to do it for their own children. At least that's what I learned when I've interviewed dozens and dozens of of parents and children who set up child IRAs.
1: Yeah, because my mom didn't do that kind of thing for me. um, And so therefore, I didn't know to do it for my kids. But... If anyone's listening right now, Chris Carosa has some great ideas for you. It's important to save for your children, is it not?
5: Oh yeah, it is. You know, the other thing I'll say is that your mother is not alone, or, or and most parents don't think to do this because nobody tells them that they can do it. Yeah. And when I've talked to people who have do it who have done it, chances are they're in the financial profession. They're in a financial profession, so they're familiar with it. It's not like they read about it somewhere. They, they did it as part of their job or they figured it out as part of their job. If you're not in that profession, chances are you don't even know about it.
1: So you need to help us. Uh, parents, That if you're listening right now and you have young ones, um, it's I guess it's never too late to start saving.
5: Is it, Chris? Right. You know, if your child works, then your child can set up an IRA and they should now you might think well they need to they need that money to pay for something or they're going to work because they want to buy something in particular that's fine the parents or grandparents or anybody else can give a gift to the child and use that gift money to then put into an ira as long as the child has earned income that child can establish a child ira now the parent or guardian Is actually the one who signs the paperwork Mm -hmm. because anybody under 18, they're not allowed to sign contracts or anything like that. But everything else is the same about an IRA. And here's the thing. I figured out that if you do this, let's say a teenager starts working when they're 13 and it's a part-time job and they earn enough to put away the $6,500 minimum contribution to an IRA, which is the minimum that you can do for this year. And you do that through high school graduation. And then you stop. So the only money you put in were for those years through high school graduation. When you stop putting any money in, you invest it poorly. You really do bad in investing. You earn 3% less than the average return. Even still, at age 70, when that child eventually retires, that little amount of money that you put in during those teenage years is now worth $2.5 million. That's the power of compounding. And it works fantastically for kids.
1: Chris, I'm sorry, I am not very good at numbers, but that's a phenomenal return.
5: It, it's just, it's a below average return. It's, it's not really phenomenal in sense of historically what they could have earned. It's, it, but it's the power of compounding over those decades and decades of having that money saved since you were a child.
1: That is a great idea. And that was my question. 6500 is what you have to put in there. So if your kid is not making that much, they can't put that in there, obviously.
5: That is correct. But okay. it's not that hard to get to that amount with the higher minimum wages that we're seeing today. You know, the child just could work part time over the course of the year and be able to earn that amount of money.
1: And minimum wage in Cook County goes up in January again, doesn't it? I believe yep. it does and yeah. Actually
5: so does the IRA contribution cap. That goes up to $7,000 next
1: year. Look at that. All right, so what are some of the simplest hands-off ways to save big besides that IRA? Well, if you're
5: if you're an adult and you're working and you get paid a bonus, a lot of people think what they'll do with the bonus is they'll go buy something, you know, like maybe a swimming pool or who knows whatever.
1: Or take the family to cash, Disney. <laughs>
5: or take the family Is the best thing to do long-term, you could still buy something, but put a substantial portion of that bonus right into your retirement plan. It sounds like, well, wait, that's a lot of money to put in there. But the fact is, most people, the bonus is extra money. You're not using it as part of your week-to-week expenses. It's just free money that you're getting because you know, your company did, well, whatever reason, you're getting the money, but you weren't counting on it to pay for your living expenses. So you don't really need to spend it at all. So this is why use this opportunity to really boost your retirement savings, because in the end, you're going to benefit much more from it during your retirement years, probably, than you'll benefit from whatever it is that you buy today.
1: What about these um, education savings plans, these 529s? Are these a good way to save money for your kids as well?
5: They're very popular, and a lot of people use these 529 plans. The drag on them has been that you can only use the money to save for education. Well, that changes beginning January 1st, 2024, where anybody who has had money in the 529 plans for at least 15 years can now roll over a portion of that money into a Roth IRA for the beneficiary. Think of this almost as a backdoor IRA. You don't, a backdoor child IRA. You don't need to have earnings to put money into a 529 plan. Anybody can donate money up to a certain cap limits, which is a lot of money. So we don't even worry about that. So anybody could put money in the name of a child into a 529 plan. This, New twist now allows that 529 money to be put into the child's IRA with no earnings requirement. So this is a major change. Again, the drawback here, you can only put in, you can only convert as much money as what the annual cap contribution is. And there's also a maximum cap within the the whole transfer for over those years. So it's around $35,000 um and you know so that's not as much as you might think that you could roll over into the IRA but it's still better than nothing and it allows you to use that money for something other than education
1: well that was the question that was just texted in you know what if you open a 529 plan and your kid does not go to college now these new rules will help with that correct
5: the new rules will definitely help for it. i mean in the past You would have to shift the beneficiary over to someone who is using it for education, Uh, including the parent, by the way. So a parent could take a class, you know, a a career training class or whatever. That counts as an education, and you can use it for that. But you have to shift the money over to a different beneficiary, and there's rules associated with how you do that.
1: Yeah, because uh, honestly, the pandemic uh, and the lockdown and all that really changed uh, a lot of people's minds about going to college. Um, There's a shortage of people in the trade. So some people are now turning to trade school instead of going to college. So when, when do these new laws go into effect? There's less risk then of opening up a 529 plan now.
5: The new law goes into effect January 1st, 2024, the ability to shift it over to a Roth IRA. But again, the stipulation is that the money, ha- the, uh, the 529 plan has to have been established for at least 15 years okay. before you can do this. So the, what that's telling you is that you don't know if your kid's going to go to college or not when they're first born. It's probably a good idea just to set up a 529 plan anyway with a nominal amount of money so that it could st- that 15-year clock can start ticking.
1: Oh, yeah. So just get the date stamp on that. And even if you just put a small amount, it's it's been opened. That is great advice. Chris, you are definitely good. A certified Trust and Fiduciary Advisor, Chris Carosa. How can people reach you if they have more questions?
5: Well, I would say the first thing they should do is buy my books on the child IRA. Okay. Just look me up in uh, your favorite bookstore and you'll see there's two books that I wrote about it, one for newborns and one for teenagers, that pretty much lays out how you do it. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, childira.com is where you can go to find out more information.
1: Perfecto mundo. Thank you so much. Uh, Happy holidays to you. Okay, you too, Wendy. Have a, have a really good one. Hi there, it's Wendy Snyder sitting in for John Williams today. It's the Trust Business Lunch, and we're going to meet a family right now. Um, I want to start by saying uh, my dad uh, was um, a juvenile diabetic. That's what they called it back then. And uh, JDRF is an organization, and they put together One Dream Gala. And JDRF... CRF used to stand for Juvenile Diabetes Research Fund and now it's called Type 1 and I'd like you to meet a family who's going to tell us that how much money was raised. It's Brian and Emily Wolf and their son Sam. Hi all you guys. <laughs> Hi, Hello. (laughs) thank you so much for having us today. Well, absolutely. It's near and dear to my heart. As I mentioned, my dad was a type 1 diabetic and he, um, a lot of people don't know the difference and your son, Sam, has type 1 diabetes and Sam, you're there. How old are you, Sam?
0: Uh, I'm 14.
1: And at what age were you diagnosed with it?
0: When I was eight.
1: Okay, yep. And now this is something a lot of people don't know about. This is not controlled by diet or anything like that. This is you need insulin on a regular basis throughout the day, correct? Mm-hmm.
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly right.
1: And you know, when my dad was growing up with diabetes, they didn't let him play sports. They didn't. They were very. They didn't know very much about it. And JDRF has raised so much money and done so much research. Do you do sports, Sam? What do you do? You don't really have that many restrictions in your life, do you?
0: Yeah, I play hockey, football, and baseball. Look at that, you! Sam is one of the sportiest kids you'll you'll meet. Oh. Uh and, which is. Uh, which is really wonderful because you're exactly right.
1: So Brian, explain to us, uh, JDRF puts together this one dream gala every year. Uh, It's the eighth consecutive year. How much money was raised to fund life-saving diabetes research?
0: Uh, It it was truly amazing. Over $18 million was raised this year at the gala. Um, The, uh, the, the Chicago Gala, Chicago's really blessed to have such a, a wonderful community of supporters. Uh, and the gala, it was the, the largest type one uh, event in North America. And uh, it was also the, the largest sort of non-for-profit gala in Chicago this year. Over 1,500 people attended, and, and it was just, it was truly amazing to uh, to see the uh, the outpouring of support.
1: And that eighteen million dollars uh, is definitely going to fund more research. And Sam, what are your thoughts about a cure? What would that mean
0: for you? Um, it would be life changing. Uh, I would be able to, I guess, just be a normal child again.
1: So, Emily, what was? I mean, it? it's
0: really amazing. It's, it's, it, you know, it's. We really believe that you know, through the hard work of, of JDRF and and everyone in the community who supports. JDRF, we, we really believe, Emily and I and Sam all believe that um, we're gonna, we're gonna realize a cure dur- during Sam's life. So we're, we're real excited to play a very, very small part in, in all of that, uh, but it's, it's really an exciting time.
1: And Emily, uh, you guys have four children, uh, including Sam. Was it difficult to um, stop giving Sam all the extra attention and and make your other kids feel loved as well? Because I know, Sam, you needed a lot more attention, especially eight years old.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was a big change. And it's really a disease that impacts the entire family, because like you said, it requires a a ton of oversight and management and, you know, at the age of eight, um, that's a hard thing to hand off to him. So, you know, we spent a lot of, um, a lot of days at hockey practices, sitting in the parking lot, watching his blood sugar. Um, and even now, you know, I think it's hard as a 14 year old. Um, he'd like to go off and have a day on his own, but he's always connected to us. Um, we, we need to help him with this. So, Um, It's challenging, for
1: sure. And so, Sam, you have to monitor your blood sugar. Uh, Do you have a contraption that is, I know that they've come such a a long way. I I don't know if it's um, surgically uh, put into you so it can keep track of it. How does that work?
0: Um, So I have an Omnipod and a Dexcom, uh, which both uh, are, like, almost hooked up to each other. uh, And I have, like, an extra phone. Which I can like track uh, it through and dose list. So, so it's interesting. Sam has a device that that he'll he'll change it every week or so. And you're exactly right. It it, it can sort of read his his blood sugar levels, and it can let him know and, and let us know. And that way, Sam, if he needs to uh, if he needs to take some some insulin or make a correction, all of that data, you know, can sort of help him make those decisions.
3: What happens if but I have to? Oh, go ahead, Emily. No, I was just going to say, I have to say it's scary, though, you know, when if technology fails, uh, which actually happened the other night in the middle of the night, um, you know, we have alarms on our phones, so if his blood sugar goes low, it will wake us up in the middle of the night, and we know we have to give him sugar. Uh, and the other night, his, um, his CGM, which reads his blood sugar, had gone, we had lost reception uh, for about a period of three, three hours, and when you wake up as a parent, that's a really scary feeling.
1: Um, Absolutely. Um, Well, do you guys have a dog? Because I'm amazed at uh, dogs that can uh, sniff out if your blood sugar is off. And if you, that's
0: so funny. We do have a dog. Uh, (laughs) Our dog, uh, Bella is not a uh, a diabetic. dog. We talked a lot about that. Sam was uh, excited when he was a little bit younger about the idea of maybe uh, taking a dog to school every day. And, and that dog might be uh might be part of the school. So no, it's it's really it's you're exactly right. There are there are some dogs out there that can uh they can really sense when you when you go low, and it is something that we've talked about as a family.
1: Yeah, Sam, I think you should tell them. Come on, give them those eyes and say, "I want another dog." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I want to wish you the best of luck, Brian and Emily Wolf and Sam Thank Wolf. Um, best of luck to you. I hope a cure is found really soon. I have very high hopes. We do too. Thank you so much. We appreciate you having us on.